May the force. Force the force. 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 Force the force will be with you. Always. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming and the TV shows as well as the movies. And I'm your host, Sage Goodwin, and as always, I'm joined by Sydney Laurel. How are you doing? I'm good. Ah, <sighs> Star Wars. Today we're going to be doing a deep dive into everything we've gotten so far with the Kenobi show, as well as our deep dive thoughts into episode 5 of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So let's jump right in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. <sighs> Kenobi. Let's start off with our spoiler-free thoughts, then we're going to do a deep dive into what we think of the story so far up to this point. And we'll take a break and get into our thoughts, spoiler-filled, uh, into episode 5. So, spoiler-free thoughts around Obi-Wan. It is, without giving anything away, it is the part in the Disney Star Wars TV show formula, where they have realized that their story is crap, so it's time to heavily layer on the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And that's my thought on uh, it as a whole. Uh, I mean, just as the whole show, there's not much else to say that we haven't already said before. <laughs> um, because every time I go into these, like the next episode, I'm like, okay, well, maybe they can, maybe they'll throw something new. Maybe they'll throw something better or do something that <laughs> I can appreciate. This is the episode appreciate. that gets good, right? Right? Yeah. Every time. And every time I'm disappointed. So, <laughs> I don't know what, what I, they're doing stuff to my heart and it hurts. Yeah. It's very disappointing. Uh, if I was going to describe Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show on Disney Plus, in one word, it would be disappointing. Mm-hmm. We have the opportunity of a lifetime for this iconic character that is the main reason everyone loves Obi-Wan. Ewan McGregor is back. Frankly, they kind of for a lot of people, it's the only saving point of the prequels. Truly. It is. The main reason to watch the prequels is his portrayal of Obi-Wan. And it just feels like the people in charge of Star Wars are so uninterested in telling stories around the existing characters that we have so far. And they just want to use people's hype to tell a less interesting story and introduce some new characters. That's ultimately what it is, is they're like, oh, we really want to tell this story, but we know that our story isn't good enough to stand on its own. So let's tack on an existing character that people do enjoy or want to see more of. And let's make them less enjoyable, less fun and less impactful. And then introduce the character so we can do a spinoff show. Yeah, yeah. You did. Yeah, you saw but, this with Boba Fett. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. It's just like we're we're just throwing out the all the humanity. Let's mm-hmm. get rid of emotion and the build up to rewarding ourselves with just, emotions yeah, and good things that people are dealing with, and let's just throw some faces in there. Let's mm-hmm. do this and that, and you know we'll make a lot of money doing it. So it just feels extremely commercial like it feels like they're just doing this so that they can do more Uh uh-huh 
Let's see. People really want to do an Obi-Wan show. Oh, hey, the script that you originally started with that you really wanted to do, let's not do that. Let's shorten the time frame that you have to get the show completed as well as cut out half the episodes. And this is what you have to do. You have to have a character that is younger and uh, is mostly helpless, has a little bit of spunk to it. Everyone's going to love. And then let's make a less than interesting character uh, protect that one. She's gonna, they're gonna get lost, and then uh, you're going to have to get them back. Am I talking about Mandalorian or am I talking about Obi Wan? Who knows? But this is except their formula Mandalorian right now. <laughs> did so well and told a good story because one, they respected the, and for they they respected the character, they respected the history of the Mandalorians. They knew how hyped people were. They didn't lean too heavily on the laurels of the past or the prequels really or anything like that they told a set story and i think we're getting to the point with the led screen technology where it's hit saturation point of blue screen with the prequels Mm, you know the prequels was like that height of digital technology look at all that we can do with the blue screen and all that stuff and um Let's not actually respect how to use the technology well to suit the story, but it's like, oh, hey, we know that this would look better on a, an actual location, but we've got this technology. Let's just use that. Yeah. And I feel like we're getting such a lack of, of uh, experience, a lack of texture and um, just good set design because they're like, oh, but we can't put that there because it's going to block the screen. Like, that's not how like it looks like a play. It looks like a play. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't feel right. It does not feel right. Mm-hmm. I haven't mastered it and it, yep. Well, it they had it cheap. mastered in the first one. Then they're like, no, let's just do everything in it. It's not an everything tool as blue screen was not an everything tool. There are still situations where you need to go to a location or it's going to take away from the shot. Now let's go in and talk about how this series has led up to this point so far. I mean, we've got five episodes of the six that we're getting. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> Which is so ridiculous. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It looks like, it's. it <laughs> seems like, in terms of my opinion, this episode and the next episode, which we don't know what the next episode is going to be like yet because it's not out. But this episode and the next episode is like, well, we had... These for sure shots that we wanted to do, but they wouldn't necessarily fit and we can't really get to the, we can't tell the full story to get to these points, but we really want these points in here. It's rushed. It is. The whole thing is rushed. And that's something about your point about Mandalorian. They gave it the time Mm -hmm. for us to build a relationship and to see where he was, where he was going and like how he morphed into what we know him as right now. Mm -hmm. This is just not there. Like, it's just bam, bam, bam. Let's just get this story along. It's like, oh, we have to do this. Yeah. So let's do it in the most, uh, the least interesting way possible. Ungenuine way. Like, it's just, oh, it's so plastic. It Mm -hmm. just, oh. Yeah. It's weird. So I think what was so great, again, kind of along those lines of, they had they have this new technology which is that led screen and the 
the collaboration with Epic and using that for the backgrounds and to it, for it to interact with the camera. I think they've gone too far in that direction on multiple levels. One is the cinematography mm-hmm. because the cinematography of the show is so awful. Like there are like two scenes where I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Otherwise, it's they choose the most boring shot possible. They choose the least interesting way to tell a story through the visual medium. <sighs> and then they have the uh, aspherical lenses, the anamorphic lenses, anamorphic lenses, and um, they're just shooting them wide open without any need or motivation for those shots to actually use anamorphic lenses. Because <sighs> in, like, in Mando... They had an intention to say, hey, we want to respect the history of Star Wars and some of the shots in Star Wars. And to do that, what we're going to do are we're going to we're going to use these anamorphic lenses and that's going to add a different texture to them. They used vintage lenses and it added a good flair to them. And this one is like we have no need for them. There is no reason for them to look this way. Like we aren't trying to replicate the feel of the original trilogy. Because they aren't. Otherwise, they would have shot it much differently. But we we have it already rigged up, so let's just do it. Let's do it this way. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that adds to the plastic field I'm also talking mm-hmm. about, too. Because it's just... It just doesn't feel like Star Wars. Because Star Wars has this nostalgic yeah. vintage feel to it. Because mm-hmm. they were just using what they had. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah. There just doesn't feel like there's much respect for what was Star Wars. Yeah. It's just this is what we're trying to push now and it's not good Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's sad there's like no i i want to retract or rephrase my uh, previous statement of them shooting wide open they aren't shooting it wide open they're shooting it at like probably probably like a a t8 or an f8 with just like a crap ton of lens like a crap ton of light on the set to get the shots because one everyone's in focus there is no like you can clearly see they're shooting at a wider not a wider aperture a closed down aperture so they're they're shooting it that way and the way cameras work i'm gonna do a terrible job of this uh cameras work wide open you're gonna have a smaller plane of focus so the way the lenses work it's there's a little bit of a like if you go to like an f1.8 or an f1.2 you could get like the eye in focus but the nose would be out of focus so if you do that and you like we're shooting this right now uh f-stop five and that is aperture five and i do that specifically we, we're going to need more lights to overcome it you seeing this it's like oh wait there's more lights it's a way for us to get more of the set in focus so you can get the microphones in focus and we can move around and our faces still are in focus but that does not lead for a very cinematic look yeah you get that everything is in focus and then they try to replicate the aboka or the out of focus background with the screen technology in the background so the screen itself is projecting at a set focused range so it looks out of focus uh cinematic captures plays with this a lot with his um Uh virtual productions you can actually control the the focal length and the aperture in uh unreal engine so that's what they're doing 
is that whole thing in the background for a specific shot so it looks like it's out of focus. They're just literally blurring what they have already built and unreal. Fascinating. And huh. then shooting at it. And that's why it feels so wrong because there's yeah. never this gradual fade. It's uh-huh. just it's like, everything's in focus, even the screen mm-hmm. that's blurry. Like Again, it's like the early <laughs> it's like early green screen or yeah. blue screen is they felt like because it was so early, mm-hmm. they wanted to shoot with a crap ton of light on it, which light is motivation. Shadows are motivation. Mm-hmm. When you shoot it with a crap ton of light everywhere. You don't get the cast of shadows. Everything looks very plastic. And then, because of how they set it up, you get this really odd look where you can tell that they're separate from the background. Yeah. Now with like Marvel movies and and, uh, a lot of the CGI and the blue screen usage that people are doing now because the technology has advanced so much, they're, they're able to much easier say... We're going to shoot this as if it was in the same location. We're going to light it as if this was in that location. And then we're going to replicate the background to fit that lighting. It's less so of, oh, it's going to be easier to have the blue screen lit up and everyone lit up. Because it's it's very difficult to replicate the harshness and the uh, reality of shadows. So what they did is they just shot it with a ton of light. So it's easier for everyone. Instead of like, no, I really want the shot to be motivated and have these shadows cast the same way. And you can feel it. You can feel mm-hmm. that it and that's what makes it cheap is because you just feel like, oh, they took the easy route. Mm-hmm. It's like watching a play on a single stage. And they do this with the camera angles, too, because you have it is literally a stage mm-hmm. that they have yep. with like an arc of arc of big LED screens all around them that curve out. They have a set location where they can film and then they try to replicate different angles using that LED background. So you can, it's literally shooting on a stage. That's why it feels very play-like. So that's that's my rant on uh, the filmmaking of <laughs> Obi-Wan. <sighs> and what sucks too is a lot of like the set pieces and stuff like that. Like I love the design of the Inquisitor's temple or whatever place. It looked really cool until they got into the set part, like where it was like clear that they were trying to replicate a smaller area on a bigger stage. Like this is clearly noticeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely didn't feel as big. It just felt like a stage. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Fun times. Love it. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of the story, again, that's just, it's not cohesive. I think um, I think a lot of the, the discourse around it is obviously someone may have a legitimate gripe that they're portraying as, oh, I don't like this actress being Riva. But you have to have, I think what they're picking up on that they're not able or informed enough to actually say is it's not about the actress. It's about the story and the script and what she was given in the first place it like you can say you can have like the most controversial character and we've had very controversial characters get these roles and you'd be like man i don't like this person in real life but they did such a good job with this character right and i think if they have a good story you can overlook all of these things but they don't have a good story so you're picking up on these things and i think a lot of people are taking that as 
oh, it's this person or it's this thing or it's I don't like this. And it leads to a lot of toxicity. And I think that's what a lot of people are picking up on, which is very disappointing. And I think it's taking away from like, let's let's look at this and offer constructive criticism and feedback on the show itself without attacking the individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's so blurry right now. <sighs> yeah, because it's not, you can't say, oh no, it's just this one person. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not. No, it's, it's the person no. who wrote the scene, directed it. And like, <laughs> what's disappointing too is I don't think Deborah Cho was able to really give off her creative and mm-hmm. motivated direct, uh, direction in that. I think she was given a lackluster script that she was not enthused about and tried to do the best thing that she could do with it. Yeah. Because as we've seen in Mando, she's a very good act. She's a very good director. Better Call Saul. Like, credible show. She's done incredible things, but she was also given the tools, the respect, and the script that she needed to do that. I don't think she was given it in this show. I don't think so either. I think they just were like, yeah, you're going to have a bunch of freedom. And then they were just like, cut, 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 cut. No, 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 no. Also, we're going to bring in uh, other writers. I know you had an idea of what you wanted to do with this show, but Mm -hmm. we're not doing that Mm -hmm. anymore. No, not that. No, Mm -hmm. definitely not. Mm-hmm. No, we have this idea for a character that shouldn't be in this show at all. Yeah. But we really want to do a spinoff show. So your job is to make sure that this she's in it. That's all. <laughs> a lot, please. So that people yeah. like her and that we can actually do something with her. It's like, mm-hmm. oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like they were like, okay, so we know you. We told you that you would do this for us, but we actually just kind of want to use your name yeah and we're going to do what we want to do mm-hmm. like oh yeah because her and taika watiti directed my favorite episodes of mandalorian mm-hmm. so good yep did a fantastic job and then i i don't think she was given the respect she needed for that and they definitely didn't give a freaking good script to reva's actress <laughs> yeah no. i mean even lines that obi-wan is saying oh my gosh or like we're going to talk about this oh. in <laughs> our spoiler-filled yes. part of the episode. But yeah, I 100% agree. There's, There's been the last couple episodes, I'm like, what is this? Yeah. And you can tell Ewan's like, I hate this so much. Yeah, he's like, I, I guess I just have to deliver this line as best I can. Uh-huh. And it just comes across of like, he is as weary as Obi-Wan mm-hmm. wants to be. Yeah. He's just like, seriously, you guys are putting me through this. Like, there's, without saying anything specifically, there's a scene talking with some rebels, and the lack of emotion and lack of, like, just reality and his delivering of the lines, it's like, oh, you know he hates this. Mm -hmm. You can see it in his eyes. the last day of filming or something, or second last day, because, man, you are done (laughs) (laughs) you are putting in like 10% right now Mm. and Ewan's 10% uh, of course is like other actors 50% Mm -hmm. but still Mm -mm. um, now let's take a little bit of a break and we'll jump into the spoiler filled section because I do have a couple scenes that I want to point out and uh, some discussion points I want to say only different in your mind you must unlearn what you have learned this show, goodness gracious, they tried to do, I think the scenes with Ewan and Hayden as Obi-Wan and Anakin, 
would have been way better suited in the beginning. Imagine the opening being that instead of Riva and all of her people dying. That would have set the tone and the expectations of the show so well. Imagine you see the struggle and the relationship that they had built up over the course of the Padawan and Jedi training. And then you slowly watch as Obi-Wan tries to overcome that feeling of failure and betrayal and his own guilt while trying to train in the Force like Yoda wanted him to, but also feeling so guilty that he feels like he has to cut himself off of the Force. That would have been such a powerful opening. But I think it's clear now on in retrospective that from that first moment, mm. this was not the show that we wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. This was just the... Ugh. The Reva show. Yeah, with exactly. Once all these again, other people. And kind of Obi-Wan. Yeah. Once again, we have a poorly named show. Yes. This is not about Obi-Wan. This is about Reva. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me so mad. Yeah. Also, your point was that we're slowly watching. Um, we're not slowly watching anyone. We are <laughs> speeding through what should be a very like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, ideally, time. that's what we should be doing. Oh, I see. But that's obviously they were never given the opportunity no. to do something like that. Sadly. <sighs> yeah. So. I'm just so upset about it. <laughs> it's very disappointing. And I see all these people like, oh my gosh, it's so good. It's like, what? Are we watching the same show? Yeah. There's a lot of fans out there and I'm not belittling you at all. Like if you want to enjoy something casually, that's perfectly fine. But as someone who loves film, loves storytelling and is super passionate and learning and developing my skills in that, to see something with so much potential even if they had the same pieces that they currently have, there are way better ways to tell that story that they want to tell in this show than the way that they're doing. Let's say Reva has to be in there. Obviously, she does because she's in there more than Obi-Wan is. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have Reva there. You have the Grand Inquisitor. You have Darth Vader. You have Obi-Wan. And you have Leia. All of these pieces are like, oh my gosh, that's going to be a great recipe, right? Um, no. Well, you have peanut butter and you have like jelly. It's like, okay, yeah. It's peanut butter is Obi-Wan. Jelly is Darth Vader. It's like, okay, that sounds great. Okay. And now you have uh, pickles uh, with like the Grand Inquisitor. It's like, okay, I've had a peanut butter and pickle sandwich before. That kind of makes sense. And then you have like lasagna and Leia. It's like, okay, you're losing me. It's it's a side, right? No, it's on the sandwich. Okay. And also, we have, like, macarons. Those are on the sandwich, too. <laughs> All of those things, like, you could make, like, a pretty nice three-course dinner with it if you gave it the time and let, like, some discussion, maybe had, like, a nice wine there little extra things here and there but no it's like nope let's pile everything into the sandwich and uh expect you to love it 
And if you don't love it, we're going to say, no, you're just a horrible person and you hate fun things. It's like, no, no. You should be highlighting the macarons as a core dessert. And you should be saying, hey, this peanut butter and jelly, it's something you love and have experienced forever. You know what it's supposed to taste like. But we're not going to give that to you. Can we talk about Riva? Yes. I I don't understand what they're doing with her character. Mm-hmm. She's so all over the place. When yeah. we have the revelation, I'll say, and I'm using that quotation marks, it's like the only reason she's in the Inquisitors is to get to Darth Vader and to attack her because or attack him because she killed her other Padawan people. Then you have this weird discussion between Obi Wan and her between this gigantic locked door that should not have the ability to have any discussions between. But hey, we need to have this. So and that she can also slice happen. through like bread. That's yeah. great. Whereas Qui-Gon Jinn tries to do that and it takes him several minutes just having stabbed it through. Like, uh-huh. Or you know that gigantic blaster that shot it several times and yeah. still did really nothing. But her lightsaber man, it just went. Yes. Anyway. Anyway, Riva. Um, wow. Okay, so youngling to outcast slash just joins. Uh, also, she played dead. Yeah, played dead. Held her companions till they went cold and was also stabbed herself. Um, so somehow she got healed and um, somehow got in the ranks. Somehow we see her rise in power because she's just driven by this need to kill Vader. And by, to cl- kill him, she feels like she has to get as Obi-Wan. close as the Grand Inquisitor. So she has to do all these horrible things to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Including the people that she's supposed to be getting revenge for? Right. And her final thought is not, yeah, or it, it it's not, I want to die doing this. It's, I think I'm still going to live after all this, you know, because like I choose the worst times to do such things. Mm-hmm. So. You know, lightsabers. <laughs> what? I know they can cut like hands off and slice through doors. And Darth Vader had like two lightsabers that he totally could have been just like, zoop, you're done for. Goodbye, Count Dooku. Also, I think one, the most disrespectful thing to do in the show is to say, hey, they write themselves into these corners. They kill, using quote, heavy quotation marks here, because everyone knows, if you've no watched Rebels, no one's dead. that the Grand Inquisitor is still alive. Obviously, if you are a hardcore not even a hardcore fan. If you watched Rebels, you know the timeline and say, hey, because that's how it goes. And then they're like, oh my gosh, where's the Grand Inquisitor? Ooh, what happens? Oh my goodness, blah, blah, blah. It's like, one, you're disrespecting the fans. You're like, oh, hey, we're going to totally say, yeah, we know this is canon, that he's still alive, but we're going to, one, play around with the stakes entirely of like, no one's actually dead. Again, taking away the motivation of the story. It's like, oh, we know he's going to come back. You can literally do anything. 
and that's a that's a problem of prequels in general is like you know obi-wan's gonna still be alive and you know the grand inquisitor's gonna be alive don't kill those people that you know are going to be alive do it with or someone don't, else don't pretend to kill those people yeah <laughs> that's not smart of you no that's not like, oh, I'm doing something really cool here. It's, oh. it's like, wow, we've seen this a lot lately. Can yes. we step away from stabbing people in the gut, please? <laughs> please. Because uh, apparently it doesn't work. I will say that Riva's character is so much worse <laughs> that I really enjoyed the portrayal of the Grand Inquisitor, mm -hmm. the two seconds that he's in. Yep. That one... Hello. <laughs> that seems so good. Hello. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> uh -huh. And Vader's really weird in this too. I don't I don't know what to say anymore. Mm -hmm. Vader's just... character is supposed to be like not give second chances to anyone and like Reva's on her seventh yeah. chance. Okay. I just, I really just wanted to see him decapitate her because. Mm -hmm. And then her going after Luke after being stabbed. How is she going to get off that planet, first of all? Second of all, goodness gracious, lightsaber stabs. And if you have not seen uh, Our Flag Means Death, highly recommend the show. But there's a section in there of like how to get stabbed and it's to take it in your left abdomen. <laughs> Supposedly just, that's where the least important moves. organs are. Sure. <laughs> and that's how Blackbeard has been surviving for so long. He's getting stabbed in that set location over and over again. He's got a bunch of wounds and scars and everything. <laughs> it's so good. So I guess they're watching Our Flag Means Death. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's good things, but there's not many. Yeah. There's like maybe one or two. Mm -hmm. And that's mostly just seeing Obi-Wan be Obi-Wan again. <laughs> but even him, even him I have issues with now because A, they're making it too fast but also I'm tired of seeing we're almost to the last episode and I'm tired of seeing him wallow. And I'm exactly. still seeing him wallow. We're at the point it's of like, the story arc where he should be like we've had the setup of the character we have the decision that he needs to make the challenge that he needs to face and then we need to have the character growth and the overcoming of that challenge. We have gotten the setup that is it yeah there is no overarching theme of the show there is no like this is just yeah well we need to make a show on obi-wan because everyone's requesting it but yeah. we really don't want to make a show on obi-wan and just make a show on reva so yeah we'll just make it we'll call it obi-wan and we'll just give him a little uh -huh. we'll call it obi-wan because everyone loves obi-wan and we're going to promote it as obi-wan versus vader but all of the vader versus obi-wan shots are going to be awful yeah and we've only had one. one? <laughs> yes. What? Uh-huh. Uh. And that one was uh, so pitiful. Sad. And they played with it where it's like, oh, Darth Vader's going to kill him. Oh, no, wait, he can't kill him. He just wants him to suffer. It's like, no. Like, uh, That's not very rewarding, sadly. And actually, now it's a Reva against Vader show. So. Mm -hmm. I hated that so much. <laughs> I hated that. It takes away from the ultimate Darth Vader versus Obi-Wan mm -hmm. fight that we're going to get next episode to have this. I wonder if we're even going to get it, I honestly. Don't know. I really don't know. Because it's all going to be about Luke, mm -hmm. and they can't play with Luke and Vader at the same time, so it's going to have to be a separate one. 
Do you? Th- unless, oh my gosh! Unless do you they're wonder? just gonna try and wrap it up, and then they're gonna make the Luke and, thi- and Vader thing more of like the Reva show. Hmm. Like the ultimate motivation for the Reva show is gonna be Luke and. Uh, that would make sense. Yeah. But also, that would be just. Uh-oh. That would be pushing canon to the limits. Yeah, it already is. What with him and uh, Leia right now. Ugh. And I still don't understand why would she even want to go after him. She failed. Like I wish she could just accept failure mm-hmm. or die. It's not going to change anything. Because <laughs> if her ultimate motivation is Darth Vader, going after Luke is not going to do anything. No. What is she going to do? Look, I've got Luke and Vader. You should really be interested in Luke right now. But why? Right. I'm da- That's no one to me. Honestly, I don't know if it was because we really couldn't hear it too well unless that broken thing i didn't quite catch what it was like yes i understand that she now knows that there's another child Mm -hmm. i wonder i wonder if reva takes luke to another planet because obviously that's what they're gonna do why and then that's how vader finds out that luke is actually his son because we do see that and the Empire Strikes Back is, no, I am your father. But then why would he leave him alone? <sighs> Obviously, it doesn't make sense because everything that they're doing with this It's going to screw sense. it all up. <sighs> Sadly, yeah. Mm, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it at all. I wish they went on. Like This is a, totally aside. We're not going to be. This is a, oh, man, what if or if only. If only they went with a more Western style, mm. we have this gunslinger basically Ooh. in Obi-Wan that his ultimate goal is to protect Luke. Right. And in some way that is compromised or he is taken off world and has to go back to Luke. I think that is a stronger storyline. And then you get to see him struggling with the repressed emotions that he feels he can't have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. While he trains, yeah, I think that would have been very interesting, much. and then that would have been the Obi Wan show. Yeah, there were there are too many characters here. Mm-hmm. We don't need Leia. We don't need Reva. We just need him. We don't need Darth Vader. We don't need Darth Vader. We don't. Mm-hmm. Grand Inquisitor could make sense. Yeah. I think that was it. Could put some pressure. Direction. That could be the reason why mm-hmm. he has to get off world or something. But yeah. goodness, could we just have Obi Wan, please? <laughs> yes, I'm a simple man. <laughs> I want a Star Wars Western with Obi-Wan where he actually has to fight his emotions. And then you get to mm-hmm. you get to play around with the fun idea of like toxic masculinity and the struggles of one losing but also wrestling with the guilt and trying to overcome that lack of um like a feeling good about yourself well, and, and even- covering it with this oh yeah I'm the greatest and then you fail. And then you get to focus on, oh my gosh, that would be so good. I don't know if that's toxic masculinity so much as it is the structure in which he's been raised in, like mm-hmm. the Jedi Temple and how that actually is hindering him and dealing with these emotions. And like, we could have this like kind of break from yeah the temple and what they're philosophy was and mm-hmm. it could just be this like whole like realizing a, how yeah, flawed breaking, the system yeah, was realizing the flaws but realizing the beauty of it and then like having this like come to jesus moment where he just like <laughs> understands like this is where they were wrong this is where they were right and we can mm-hmm. i'm okay with that he could be what luke should be yeah because ultimately he becomes luke's like 
I want to be like you, guy. Yeah. Sadly, that's mm. never going to happen, no. and they miss the opportunity to tell a story like that. It's already done. And why should we? Why are we? Ex- I think that's what's getting us in trouble. Is why are we expecting good story mm. from these shows, mm-hmm. as they've s- showed us over the course of since 2015 to now? We can't. Nope. The only the surprise was Mando, and then that they screwed that up a lot in season two. Mm which was a lot less of that impact than there's the book of Boba Fett, which was awful. This show is awful. Andor, I have hopes for because it does not seem like they're doing anything like, oh yeah, we're going to have this character and this character and this character and this character. It's like, nope, we're going to tell Andor's story, Cassian Andor's story. And it's going to be this very contained thing. And they've had two years to work on it. We can't can't assume anything with anyone's name on it i'm just going to start assuming that you know what mm. it's probably not about them it's probably about some other character that they're gonna try and make a spin-off for <laughs> ahsoka shows up at the end and oh my gosh ruins everything yeah like who knows what that shows who that shows about because mm. it's definitely not going to be ahsoka no it's definitely going to be ahsoka because oh, yeah, it's filoni <laughs> he won't let anyone touch his baby <sighs> i i don't have any high hopes i don't i don't yeah. i just i'm it, Washing my hands. Video games are great, though. Yes, video games. I will still uh-huh. have a high expectation. Expanded for. universe has been rocking. Mm-hmm. I've heard great things about the book series that have been going on. Uh, animated shows are good. Visions is awesome. But what else is awesome is this podcast. So definitely share it with your podcast Star Wars friends, your Star Wars buddies, if even if they haven't, even if they haven't had. The exposure to podcasts, we greatly appreciate that. Leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or even Spotify. We greatly appreciate that as well. It's a great free way to support the show. You can listen to the show wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) As well as on YouTube with the video version. And again, video version of this podcast. We forgot to press record for the first like maybe five to ten minutes. I'm not sure. Um so we won't you won't be able to see our faces until we realize that we was get into off. the meat of things. Yeah. <laughs> we got in the meat of things and then we switched it on. So greatly appreciate that. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for completely free. And as always, may the force be with you. <laughs>